Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Patriots with a 20-17 to win over the Cardinals, helping us break it all down. One of the best ESPN NFL insider, former Patriots staffer, our buddy Field Yates. Field, first time having you on the new show, so welcome. I appreciate you having me on, Brady. Congratulations to you. I'm sure this will be one that many will be wanting to tune into uh, as frequently as possible for the best and latest insight on all things sports. <laughs> Well, thank you, Field. I appreciate that. Um, Patriots with a 20-17 to 17 win yesterday. I guess the best adjective I have for them is spunky. What's your overall read on this team? Yeah, they're one of those teams that the margin for error is pretty slim, Brady. And what that means is that any game they can stay in or be out of, right? So basically every game they've played this year, with a couple of exceptions, the 49ers game and the closing quarter of the Chiefs game, they've largely been in every single one. They're now five and six, but if things go their way a little bit differently in the Bills game, in the Broncos game, uh, even in the Texans game back in week 11, this team could be eight and three. Now they could also be three and eight, right? So I think what this Patriots team is showing us is that first of all, they remain incredibly well coached. It's a team that's got some talent gaps. There's no two ways about that, but They've got some competitiveness to them. They've certainly got some grit to them. So uh, I sort of figure that when the season's over, they'll hover around eight and eight with a few favorable bounces. They could be nine and seven. With a few less favorable bounces, they could be seven and nine. You know, I think I agree with you largely. I don't think they're going to win out, but they are on the fringe of the playoff conversation. I think the thing that's most frustrating to me is something that we're just not used to in New England, the lack of, quote, complementary football. Like, they just don't put all three phases together very often in the same game. Is this what you see with generally average teams? Cause we're not used to watching generally average teams. Yeah. And I would say that Sunday was maybe a glimmer of hope for that complimentary football. If you think about it, right. So they have a special team score that was called back on obviously a very flimsy call, even if by the letter of the law, what Anthony Jennings did on Gunnar Olszewski's punt return for a touchdown was illegal. Sort of feel like common sense suggests that should not be a penalty in the NFL. They also got a 53-yard kickoff return from Dante Moncrief, an area they'd pretty much struggled in throughout the season. They got a turnover from Adrian Phillips on an interception, and I thought they did a pretty good job for the most part in terms of capitalizing on some of the Cardinals' errors. Uh, but you're right, they just need to kick it into other gear on offense, and the question, Brady, and the interesting part is that back in week two, it looked like the Patriots had a chance to be a pretty reasonable passing offense. That was the night in which Cam Newton threw for nearly 400 yards. A lot of those same players are still here for the Patriots, right? It's not like they've totally overhauled everything. Ryan Izzo's still their starting tight end. and Julian Edelman's been on IR, obviously. But a lot of the same players in that game are still contributing for them. So uh, it's not often you find a spark plug on offense in Week 13. But the Patriots are very resourceful, and if they can find a couple of spark plugs on offense, then maybe they can grind out three or four wins in their last five games here. I'm going to get to Cam in the future talk in a second, but the penalties were a big story of yesterday. The the blindside block on Jennings. What would you think of the personal foul hit on Cam that helped set up the game-winning field goal? You know, First of all, Brady, I'll just say this. That it's important to note that the Patriots did not win that game simply because of that penalty on that drive. The Patriots did pick up a first down. Cam Newton got past the first down marker. It just propelled them 15 yards. So obviously that's a huge benefit in making that field goal a little bit easier. What I would say is that 
it's the NFL and hits on quarterbacks are so frequently going to land in the favor of the quarterback that we should just get used to this, right? I mean, Patriots fans especially know because, you know, Tom Brady in his 2008 injury, the ACL tear on the opening quarter of that season, that's the reason why the NFL, one of the reasons why the NFL altered its rules in terms of the strike zone that was legal for quarterbacks. Um, I didn't think it was that egregious one way or the other. Like I thought the call was actually like in the last 10 times that I've seen a hit comparable to Isaiah Simmons hit on Cam Newton, I would think at least 50%, probably more of them were called as penalties by defenders. It's really hard to play defense in the NFL. That's one of my big takeaways uh, from those penalties yesterday. Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, used to work for the Patriots here with us on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Look, let's put I, I think we all agree the Patriots probably need to draft a quarterback. The question is, are they going to have a stopgap guy play next year? I saw Albert Breer suggest that Cam would be worth $20 million next year because that's what quarterbacks get paid. Yeah. At, at $20 million, could you see bringing Cam back or – can I get Tyrod Taylor for nine? Can I get Ryan Fitzpatrick for 12? Is there a better yeah. value play out there? I don't really think there is a better value play, Brady, for a few reasons. Is that So first of all, let's say it's a – I'm just going to make this up. Just hear me out for a second. Two years, $40 million for Cam Newton, and it comes with $25 million guaranteed. Let's say that that's a $20 million signing bonus, okay? Mm -hmm. And then a $5 million guaranteed base salary. That would mean that Cam Newton would have a first year cap hit of $15 million and a second year cap hit when we expect the cap to rise again at $25 million. But really, it's a one year proposition for the Patriots. If Cam makes dramatic improvements next year and the offense, and by the way, Cam making dramatic improvements would be a byproduct of you know the Patriots having better skill players around him as well. Um, I think it's actually a reasonable move. Uh, and I will say this, Brady, is that it's not perfect with Cam. It's far from perfect right now. But there's a lot to be said for leadership, poise, growth, development, character. Cam Newton has been, and I know the Patriots, maybe their their feeling this year is eight or nine wins. But I sort of shudder to think what they would look like without Cam Newton this season. We got, we got a glimpse of it right against the Chiefs, and they yeah. were just a complete disaster on offense. But what do you think they are with Ryan Hoyer as a star this year? 3-13? and 13? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know the answer specifically. I just will say that I feel like Cam has actually brought more good than I think the narrative is suggesting right now. He has. I think there's actually reasonable room for hope going forward. I'll get you out of here on two questions. Um, I'm generally pretty optimistic about things when it comes to the Patriots, and I've given him a lot of leash, but I'm now starting to think that Nikhil Harry is not a problem, but an issue. Like, I see so many young wide receivers making impacts and dropped passes, penalties he's committing. He can't stay healthy, which isn't really his fault. Maybe it's unfair to label it that way, but he's just not doing much in the second year in this offense. Yeah, it's been a tough go of it for Nikhil Harry, and there have been some good things on occasion, but pretty infrequently, right? Not nearly as much as you like out of a first-round pick. You know, I don't know if the light switch eventually flips for him, Brady, but I think the most important thing that people will have to do within the Patriots organization is distance themselves from the fact he was a first-round pick. I don't mean to ignore the fact that you use a first-round pick on him, but like, you can't jam a guy uh, into a role just because he was a first-round pick, right? The Patriots are really good about not doing that. But, um, 
you know, if he's not good enough to play, don't play him just because you used the 32nd pick in the draft on him a year ago. Um, there were, it's funny because I actually saw some promising signs as a rookie. He had a catch in the rain against the Cowboys. Yep. He had that touchdown that should have been a touchdown against the Chiefs. There were some splash plays last year from Nikhil Harry. Hasn't come around this season. Um, but you know what, Brady? This is very much the exception and not the rule. But the last weekend, or last weekend, the Broncos gave Garrett Bowles a four-year, $68 million extension. Yeah. He's their left tackle. He had at one point led the NFL in holding calls at least one year, and I think maybe even back-to-back-to-back years. Think about that. He had his fifth-year option declined. There was no future for him. He's now making $17 million a season beginning next year. So what I'm saying is that it's easy for us on the outside to just push a guy off and just say, hey, you know what, whatever, like recycle him, move on to somebody else. You know, the Patriots are committed to him for at least another year and probably two. Like, it's their job to see if they can get anything out of Nikhil Harry. Field, last question. Patriots getting ready for the Chargers. We know about Justin Herbert. What else should we know about this team as we already look forward to next week and the Pats trying to get to 500? Yeah, they've got three megastars on offense and at least one on defense. Three megastars on offense are Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, a remarkable pass catching back with 16 targets and it was a turn from action in week 12. Keenan Allen, one of the best wide receivers in football. I'm not going to sit here and uh, sort of legislate who is the best, second best, third best, whatever. You can organize your top five or eight however you want. Keenan Allen's going to be a part of that top five to eight. And then on defense, Joey Bell is a play wrecker. He was basically unstoppable against the Bills in week 12, consistently generates pressure. He's the highest paid defensive player in league history for a reason. Injuries have really mounted for this Chargers team on defense. The Patriots might, might have an opportunity to get their passing game, maybe not totally corrected, but at least build some momentum in their L.A. swing, which starts on Sunday afternoon, 425 Eastern time against the Chargers. Field Yates, ESPN NFL insider, is plugged in as anybody on the Patriots beat, used to work for the Patriots. Field, we appreciate the time as always. Look forward to uh, having you back on the show again soon. Brady, I appreciate you. Continue success with the new show, and let's stay in touch.